Blog Talk Radio. Showtime card. Um, some interesting prospects as well. One prospect, 
Trayvon Marshall is definitely getting a nice step up. So we'll talk about that, like I said. And then we'll we'll talk current fight news. Of course, some boxing Twitter stuff had a lot of fallout <laughs> last week still over Spence and Crawford. That's what happens when you got big fights, right? You got a lot of fallout from it. Everybody has an opinion. Shots out to Bud Crawford, though. This dude's been – I can't even keep track of all the interviews this guy's been doing. Um, and that's what happens, you know, when you – when you are the B-side, do what you did to the A-side. In a big fight, we do have some pay-per-view numbers or at least some estimations as well, um, which did a, a damn good number. Didn't do a million or nothing like that, but a damn good number as you know, as it was on the gate as well. But, yeah, shouts out to Crawford, man. He's been doing a variety of shows, and it's good to see him get this type of uh, – promotion late in his career you know that's the thing about we could talk about you know a lot of people are talking about oh they never wanted to fight him and this that and the third and and uh okay you can say that i mean you know spence said it right to crawford's face i'm going to get these belts then i'll fight you um and that's fair he said it you came out and said it to his face which i always respected you can you know not like the fact that the the fight didn't happen earlier. That's that's fair. That's totally fair. But um, as we know, it's a business that that fight wouldn't have done the gate number or the pay per view number had it been done, uh, you know, five years ago or whatever, three to five years ago. But um, the, the the same could be said for Crawford though too. He could have not resigned. He could have waited to see what Pacquiao was going to do. We all know he was getting nearing the end of his um, contract, and instead of you know just I guess hoping on a prayer or just depending on top rank or listening to them, basically like trusting them. The same can be said. We we could have gotten it earlier had he gotten you know gotten over there. He signed with PBC earlier, and he still didn't sign some sort of you know uh, three year deal or something like that. I mean, if if Spence doesn't um, you know exercise his rematch, which it sounds like he's going to, but if Spence doesn't exercise his rematch, guess what? They don't have any options on him. That's what it sounds like. That's what the reports have been. So it is funny, like, instead of, like, I don't know. It's just so funny. Like, I can understand the people that were trolling for Spence, like, fanboy over the top, getting dismantled, you know, all week, you know, on Twitter. That's fair. But it's just so funny, like, I don't know. It's it's just so funny now people are complaining. Because if he really didn't want to fight him, the first round of negotiations that they actually had, Spence could have just dipped. He could have he got a fought Thurman and went up to 54. That's what he could have done, but he didn't. So it, it just, it's, it's real funny how that narrative continues, um, as if it's just one-sided, you know. And, and you hear what Bob Arum and Top Rank were saying, that it's a 50-50 fight and you need to have the fight on ESPN Plus because that, that you know, just having the fight on ESPN Plus makes the pay-per-view, you know, a bigger deal and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, the co-promotion, that's cool. But at the time, you know, in 2019, it wasn't really a co-promotional fight at the time. It wasn't that big yet. So it is funny to, for these people to be in their feelings. And, and I don't know, man, it, 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 this whole Shakur Stevenson stuff, I mean <laughs> – We'll get to that later. We're not going to lead with that. Um, but, yeah, there's 
there's some fights this week, and no doubt August is kind of hit or miss. Uh, there are some good fights, though, that we can't forget about, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, we'll start, like I said, in the ring. But, yeah, I've gotten a lot of messages on both sides, uh, you know, me you know, bending over to kiss Carcino's ass. You know, I've, I've gotten that a lot, too. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? It's called giving someone credit. Not many people said it'd be a one-sided ass woman. Not many people at all, no matter who they favored, they thought, oh, it's going to be a good fight. But when someone calls it like they call it right on the money, they got you got to give them credit, no matter how much of a fanboy you are, or, or maybe you don't like your Carcino, whatever. My point is, you got to give credit where credit's due. But yeah, it, it has been so funny to see, like, People can't just be happy for Bud and happy the fight happened and happy Spence is okay. Um, it's just, and he went out there and gave it his all. You know what I mean? Clearly, you know, uh, if he would have just uh, if they would have thrown a towel in, I don't think too many people would have said something. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about a variety of stuff. Like I said, some current fight news. Someone just messaged me that the pro Gray Haney. I'm doing a show basically in this little time slot I have before I go to work tonight, so um, I won't be having a lot of people call in. If you call, there's people calling in right now as far as just want to listen. That's cool, uh, but yeah, I don't have John or anybody else uh, calling in as far as I know. Um, maybe they'll pop in or something, but I, I just kind of got to do the show right now and before work type deal. So, but yeah, the pro Gray Haney thing. We'll talk a little bit about that. I'm getting messages on that. Um, that's later in the show, though. Like I said, I like to start in the ring. Um, before we get there, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. If you're into football in the coming weeks, of course, we have a college football weekly show. It's called the College Ball Show. Uh, that goes in all the way to the national championship. Then we, you know, head into college basketball after that sometime in January. And also I have a local Viking slash gopher football show too. Just to, you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it up. If you don't want to and download the show there directly, you can find this year platform rope it radio on Apple podcast, iHeartRadio, player FM, Google podcast, among several other platforms that it's available while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to the grilling Eastside Boxing and Phil Boxing. And one more thing, direct TV stream, your TV, your way, live sports news and on demand. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Uh, for a limited time, get $30 off your first three months, starting at $64.99 for those first three months plus tax. You can also start your free trial today. Learn how to, uh, new subscribers can join the um, the priority wait list for a free TV from Telly. That's direct TV stream. Okay, so um, you know, let's. I'm already getting some messages on this DS stuff and, and and Jake Paul stuff. So let's just get to it. We might as well just start there. Um, so you know, Jake Paul. Ever it's funny because it seems like people are most hyped about him fighting MMA guys uh, as far as like more mainstream boxing fans slash MMA fans. MMA fans seem to really flock when he does fight an MMA fighter, which I understand. You know, um, 
makes sense because it's name recognition, and, and Diaz was always a good, uh, you know, partner to to do this with. Obviously, um, he just had to wait till his UFC stuff was done, and then you know we assumed this fight would happen. So, you know, like the buzz is kind of kind of fallen off and. Uh, of Jake heading into this fight, losing to um, to Fury's brother, you know that didn't help. Didn't look all that good in that fight. Looked pretty basic, and you know Fury's Fury wasn't some kind of isn't some kind of great prospect as we know. But he beat him cleanly in that fight. I definitely give him credit for that. Um, but there was a bit of hype drew near. Obviously, being a weak Later, after Spence Crawford didn't help, and then anyway during the week and all that, anyway Fulton. But it did catch up, and, and by the way, Jake has been a solid ticket seller, and if you compare him to other boxing ticket sellers, he's right up there with some of the top. So this, this performed really well at the gate. I haven't seen the pay-per-views just yet. Um, but just kind of talking real quick about the fight, um, within like the first minute or so, Diaz was on the ropes taking left hooks and right hands. He got buzzed at least, if not full on hurt. Um, but he did manage to get out of that early. Um, second round pretty much was Jake Paul. Jake was keeping his distance. He was moving a little bit. He was jabbing to the body. Um, the second round he did have some, uh, Diaz did have like success, but that's about it. The third round, kind of, you know, so-so, but you did start to see in that third round, but especially the fourth round, um, if you're going to give him a round within the first four rounds, and I'm talking about Diaz, I'd say the fourth round could be the one. He started moving his hands. I mean, he wasn't landing hard, though. He landed a nice, uh, I think it was a late left hand, if I remember correctly. I don't know if it was a left hook. I think it was a straight left hand. I can't remember, but that was in the fourth round, so you can give him that. But it's like he had a good round, and then, boom, turned right around and looked pretty gassed in that fifth round. Um, and there was a left hook in an exchange, I think, right around the midway point where uh, Jake Paul put him on his butt, and then he, you know, Paul followed up with right hands to the head, whether they're straight or uppercuts, kind of roundhouse shots. Um, and pretty much the rest of the fight, you know, the key was those, you know, those left hooks and right hands. Uh, you saw a lot of pity pat volume stuff um, from Diaz. Um, I think he had a really good eighth round. That was another round you could give him. Um, and I'd say, like, the fight kind of built into being more entertaining as the as the rounds went on. I will say that, the sec- especially the second half, probably starting in that fourth round and maybe after the fifth round, after, you know, he got knocked down. You know, the second half was somewhat entertaining for what it was, right? And after that eighth round, it was pretty much Jake Paul. You know, he won the fight fairly easy um, on the scorecards and what. But I thought Diaz made an account for himself fairly well. Like, he accounted for himself fairly well, Um and I say fairly well loosely, you know what I mean, because it wasn't like those pity pats didn't do a whole lot, as we know. But I don't know. I mean, I didn't think he did that bad. 
You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, once the fight got going, um, the volume was there, but it just there wasn't much behind the volume. It was a lot of just, eh. You know what I mean? Just just wasn't really landing a whole lot. He'd land some good punches from time to time, no doubt. I'll give him credit there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just, I don't know. And now he has, what is it, Dennis? What, what's, the, what's the dude's name? Help me out, guys. What's the dude's name that he has a, some sort of, like, boxing MMA fight with now? I can't remember his damn name now. Uh, is it Dennis? I, I can't remember. And I'm talking about Paul. Um, and, you know, he, he did say that KSI and the Fury are fighting. Um, if Fury beats him, then, he'll you know, he, he wants him after this Dillian. Is it Dennis Dillian? God, I can't remember. I can't remember what the hell it's called or what, what the fight's called. But I, I think he has a fight scheduled and whatnot. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't really look into it too deep on, on you know, but, but it, it performed well, you know. And like I said, the people that went there, I don't think they thought it was going to be – well, maybe the people that attended thought it might be like a fighting the year type thing, but – you know, it is what it is. It wasn't a whole lot. Now, as far as the undercard, um, I mean, Serrano and Hardy was just – that got tough to watch after a while. Um, Serrano just they, – they both – one thing I'll say is they both body punched well. If I remember the, correctly, the, the punch stats were, like, pretty close in that. But it was 278. To one, yeah, 278 to 149 overall lands uh, at almost a 38% clip compared to 27, which, you know, Hardy landed 27%. That's not bad. But 59 to 57 was that um, that body punching and, and the jabs definitely were, were clearly, uh, even though she didn't, neither threw a ton, um, but clearly Serrano. I mean, Serrano dominated. Wasn't a good fight. I mean, from the jump, dude, when you land 36 to 13 in the first round, that's some wild shit. You know what I mean? Uh, but shouts out to Serrano for getting the dub. It was a, it was a mismatch. We already knew that going in. Um, you know, it is what it is. There was also, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, what was, there was a liver shot. Nice body shot on the undercard that for some reason I just can't remember who the hell landed it. I saw the highlight. It was a knockout. Um, that's, yeah, so we won't we won't talk too much more about that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, shots out to Jake Paul. He got the job done. And, um, you know, it helps if you, if you were to beat Fury in the rematch. And the stuff that he talked about, how he was hurt or sick or whatever, then that would be, that would help him a lot, you know. But like I said, it seems like the way to go is these these MMA opponents. Obviously, that's the most successful fights he has. And when he fought Fury, like I said, yeah, that that's about all I got there. Um, as far as the Showbox card, uh, Jordan White and Erdison, is it Erdison Garcia? Wow. I mean, Jordan White could go. I know he's struggled with some injuries lately. But in an exchange, he landed a left hand. This short, like,
effortless, um, just perfect shot with a counter hook shot. Beautiful shot. Knocked out Garcia. Hopefully Garcia is able to make, you know, a full recovery. That was a damn good shot there. Oh, man, good golly. That 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 was intense, man. I it's like I, I was like that that was a left hand, right? Like when it when it happened live, I was like, Oh, you know, or live to me, I didn't see it actual live, but a lot of times a lot of this stuff is just live to me because I'll watch it on archive or whatever. But um yeah, that was a statement. I, I was looking forward to that fight. I like this uh this card too. Uh, you know, Showbox. This was a this was a good card. Um and then you had um Gonzalez against I think it's Julian Gonzalez against Johnny Spell. Um the first two rounds were fairly close. I'd probably split. Um, you had Spell with his jab, and he was featuring a fair amount of movement, which I think, think kind of hurt him later in the fight. Too much movement, I would say, whereas I gave Gonzalez the second round. He landed a big right hand, I think, with like maybe 40 or 50 seconds left of the second round. Spell kind of looked at least buzzed, if not hurt. Third round was two-way until Gonzalez just wall of spell with another right hand with a little over a minute left or so of that third round. I gave Gonzalez the, the fourth round two, the jabs, the one twos, any any had the left hook. He was cruising really well, like through four rounds, sixty eight to thirty on the land. So it looked like he kinda had at the halfway point it kinda looked like he had it in the bag. Uh, but credit to Spell because he came back and you know, one at least, I thought, the, the fifth and sixth round. Um, he was just a tad busier, landed some good shots. The seventh, or the sixth round was close, though, I will say that. Um, and the seventh round was close, too, actually. I think that, you know, um, Gonzalez probably landed the, the cleaner shot. Um, but it was it was really close. I'd say maybe three or four. Well, flush shot separated them um, in that round. But like I said, it, it was close. Um, and then in the eighth, I thought I thought Gonzalez won the eighth because it seemed like Spell was just avoiding danger with way too much movement in my mind to win the fight. Um, but he did outland him. He was busier when, you know, when he, he, did, he did well. He, out, he outlanded him, actually. They both landed at a pretty good rate. Uh, both of them jabbed really well throughout the contest. Like they definitely jabbed fairly well. I think it was about even. Um, the power shots were a different, 64 to 25. But 78, uh, 74, and 79, 73, I think. Two of them were 78, 74. So um, you did have uh, you did have Gonzalez winning that, which I thought, you know, he earned. But like I said, after, after that, well, based off the first – what I say, first four rounds or so, I thought Spell did pretty good down the stretch. Then we had Guido Scram versus Paul Kroll. This was a good fight. I actually thought Kroll won the fight, but, you know, shots out to Guido for making it competitive down the stretch. I thought Kroll started really under control, landing the cleaner shots. Um Scram, though, in the second round came back early and often let shots go. Uppercuts, looping shots, 
there was some two-way stuff in the last part of that second round, but he uh, he did good in that second round, especially in the last part. He was just going for it. Um, and then third round and a lot of these rounds, um, Paul Crow was just landing these nasty counter shots. Like I said, very like under control. Um, I think late in the third round there was a big right hand, if I remember correctly, from Schramm. But um, and I thought he followed it. It was kind of it was kind of back and forth to start in, in a fair amount of the whole fight, I suppose. Um, but I thought that I, I wrote it down here in the fourth round, the one fifteen, right around one fifteen. It looked like um, Kroll was at least hurt, if not fully hurt, you know, at least buzzed, I should say. Pot shots with the right hand, whether they're kind of roundhouse um, or straight with his hands down, scrawl, or scram, scrawl. I, I just put crawl and scram together. You see that? Scrawl. Um, and he had this little head movement, this little upper body movement that he was uh, featuring. But, you know, to me, in the second half of the fight, I just thought Paul Kroll did enough. Um, good bounce back round in the fifth round, 28 to 11 for the lands. Um, and he just, he found his range again. You, you know, Scram would land like a, a big shot or two. Uh, like there's exchanges in some of these rounds. The sixth round was close. Don't get me wrong because um, Scram would land something late and it, and it kind of looked like once again, Kroll would be buzzed. Um, but other than a few moments of exchanges, I liked uh, Kroll in the seventh and the eighth. The short punching, uh, landing flush on the inside. When they were up close, and even when Kroll was on the ropes, he did a great job of landing uh, punches off that rope. But I thought he nicked it. Um, it's kind of weird how the scorecards are read. They were like 77 uh, for Scram, 75, you know, or, or no, I think they said Paul Kroll, 75, like – Said, he said the name, 7070, and the, the other name, 75. It was just kind of a weird way he did it, um, but he was overruled by a draw, 276-76. And like I said, I thought Kroll did enough to win the fight. They both landed about the same amount of punches, very, very similar when it came to accuracy. It was a good fight. It was a, it was a competitive fight. Um, I wouldn't mind if they did it again. I wouldn't be totally against it, you know. Um, now, as far as uh, I think, you know, that that's that's probably about it. That's probably about it for for the uh, for the recap from the weekend. Like I said, there there's some minor stuff and whatnot, but um, we'll kind of look forward to this this weekend now. Obviously, the big news broke. What was it on the weekend or last Friday? Something like that. I think it was Friday. That Dillian White popped. It is kind of weird that we don't know what he popped for, and it's trace amounts. I have actually just got a message right now of folks saying that they're uh, getting leery of Vada because of these trace amounts. But and I've actually I've seen multiple people say it. Um, some of them somewhat respected, I would say, depending on what you classify as a respected person is, you know, as far as not just knowledge, but non-biased and whatnot. But I, I have heard some people say that of late. Um, has it, have people been popping that much or is it just the, the trace amounts thing that kind of stands out? Um, 
Because it's not like, I mean, people fail tests, sure, but have we seen this major, major, major uptick in it? I know the UK fight fans are kind of in the, you know, in the clutch right now of like, in the clutches of having a, a mediocre year and a kind of, I don't know, they're, they're just frustrated right now, obviously. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't really, I mean, hasn't there been like an uptick in like, like micro dosing, you know, and I'm not just talking about like Silicon Valley acid and shrooms, mushrooms, right? Which that is a thing, but you know, I have heard some talk, plenty of it and, and done some research on the micro dosing for, you know, uh, banned substances too. So, um, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. I mean, this is at least his third time. Wasn't there one time where he wasn't it when he was in kickboxing? And then he had that right before the Oscar Rebus fight, how Oscar Rebus' camp was kind of in the in the dark there for, for some time. And then they had this private hearing. I believe it was a private hearing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then it, he got cleared. Now, why wasn't there a private hearing for this one to see if he could get cleared? That, that's a fair question. I've seen that brought up too. Um, but obviously the last big event or whatever you'd want to call it or, or pay-per-view type thing was Connor Bennett Eubank Jr. over there. So, And I know they've been doing a lot of – the zone's been doing a lot of pay-per-views, but it hasn't been matchroom, mostly uh, – I mean, most of it's been, uh, you know, the the the, the influencer stuff, uh, in Jake Paul, you know, that type of thing. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. So, so we think Vada's the gold standard. So did Eddie there for a while. Um, so now it's not. Uh, should we go back to Usada then, or like, what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? I'm not sure. I know I know Vada's a lot, you know, less expensive. Um, it's not inexpensive, but it's less expensive than Usada was prior. But um, yeah, I don't I don't really. I need to see a lot of evidence on that, and I, I have yet to see it. I'm not de- not denying that that's the case, but I, I haven't seen a lot of evidence that we've had a ton of people pop lately, more than we've had in the past. Let's say the last five or ten years or something like that. Like I said, lay out an argument, come on the show, or uh, message me with some information on that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just don't see it. Now, Hellenius just fighting a week ago, and now he's, you know, um, on the card. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, A lot of people wanted Herkovic or McKean. You have Dempsey McKeon, or McKean, I think it is McKean. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked either of those fights, but, you know, there's just no way, especially with the rumored, heavily rumored, fight with Wilder potentially in January, um, whether that takes place or not. I'm still not – a lot of people aren't sold that fight's going to happen, and I understand uh, why they think that, but, but I actually still think it's going to happen. Maybe I'm ignorant. Maybe I'm naive with that. We'll find out. But I just, I don't think they're going to take on. Some people were saying 
like Zhang and stuff. It's like, nah, dude, he's already got a fight on a separate card. Whereas at least, because a lot of people were complaining about, hey, why wasn't there a sub, you know, a, a solid substitute, right? And that's fair. The thing is, if you look at the card, there were some solid substitutes, you know. I just mentioned two of them. They're fighting each other, um, which I think is a decent fight for her, her Gavik. But, yeah, I, I just didn't think that they'd switch right to that. Um, I really did. Um, I don't know. You know, he's a big dude. Uh, he is orthodox, so it's not like he'd be fighting a southpaw out of nowhere. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, I would have liked to seen Hergovic or, or Dempsey get the, you know, get the fight. Maybe those are fight If Anthony Joshua does end up getting that Wilder fight and he, you know, let's say he were to lose, well, maybe that would be guys he'd go to then. I don't know. But Derek Chisora, Gerald Washington, um, you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of people were saying Johnny Fisher I saw. He is a heavyweight, right? Because he's on the card, too. He's a heavyweight, correct? Am I, am I right about that? I think I'm, he's a heavyweight. Yeah, he's a heavyweight, yeah. Um, someone just messaged me saying he's a cruiserweight. Maybe he fought at cruiserweight before, but I'm pretty... So there were, like, Tesora. Would you really want to see Tesora in there? Or Gerald Washington? They're both washed, so that's why the fight is like, eh. When you got a double wash thing going on... I got to admit, like, it doesn't bug me as much when the wash level seems to be pretty close, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but Hergovic and, and McKean, I, I like that fight. That's not bad. But I understand folks that were saying, you know, they should have a better replacement. And, it, and it, they, they did have better replacements on the actual card. Um, but, yeah, he literally fought on the fifth, uh, did Hellenius. He hadn't fought since getting knocked out in the first round. It is funny to see, you know, what the lead promoter has to say now about Elanius. I think it's a tricky fight when he was just dogging uh, Wilder for taking that fight. And I understand why Wilder took that fight. Like, he had just come off getting, you know, although he made it a great fight and he knocked down Fury not once but twice, looked like he, he may have been able to knock him out in that fight, the three, you know, the third fight, he took an abundance of punishment. I mean, so I didn't mind that coming back. If he wanted to come back and, and have a career still, I didn't, and continue his career, I should say, I didn't mind him fighting Alanius. Now, you could say the pay-per-view was bullshit, that's fair. But I didn't mind that. Because um, those back-to-back fights, he took a beating. Uh, whereas Anthony Joshua took punishment. Don't get me wrong against Usyk, but, I mean, obviously that's not his last fight. But um, So it's a little different. Like I said, some people are giving credit that it's not on pay-per-view. Now, I'm not going to give it, give them credit for that because I don't think they can sell that. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't think the Hellenius thing should have been on pay-per-view. So, yeah, thank God that they, they made it that. Hopefully it's at least interesting for a little bit. Hopefully it's not as quick, you know, as the Wilder fight. But it is what it is. You know what I mean? I I wasn't really 
looking forward too much to the white fight, but I would have watched it, of course, you know. I mean, I got a podcast, but I didn't think it was a horrible fight for him, but I thought it was just another fight to have a camp with his somewhat new trainer, so he would have two camps with him and be on a third camp for the next fight, whether that's wild or not, I don't know. Um, But that's enough about that. Let's get to uh, Navarrete and uh, Oscar Belvez. This is a good fight, man. Obviously, Navarrete, you know, had a damn, one of the funner fights, damn good fight earlier, I think it was, what, February? I think it was February against Liam Wilson. That shit was fun. That was a firefight. As we know, he got knocked down, I think in like the, I think it was the fourth round or something like that. I can look here, but he's been on a nice run, has Navarrete. Uh, you know, he had a fight against Baez, not much there. Joet Gonzalez, eh. Christopher Diaz, he did get him out in the, what, 11th or 12th or something like that. Um, the Ruben Villa fight was a competitive fight on the second half of the, the fight. Um, you know, Villa got knocked down, what was that, the first and third or first and fourth round? He got hurt and knocked down pretty early in that fight. I thought he fought really well to come back get into that fight to make it competitive. Um, but there was that little between Isaac Dogbe and uh, Via, there was a gap of like guys that just like whatever, you know, but he's now um, stepping up in class. Oscar Beldez obviously only having that, that one loss um, last year, uh, over a year ago to Shakur Stevenson. He did come back against Adam Lopez and, that was a fairly competitive fight. Um, the Conseco fight, uh, Conseso, uh, that that was pretty close. And obviously it had, uh, I don't think he lost that fight, but it had, you know, some controversy off of the, the PED stuff, you know, uh, the adverse finding, let's put it that way. Um, obviously he, he fought Lopez as well, uh, again, you know, earlier. So that, that was a rematch that was kind of just like getting the back from an injury. He has Burchell. Obviously, we can go all the way back to Scott Quigg. That was a war. But that's that's going back pretty damn far. So, obviously, you know, a lot of people just assume it's brawl time, right? It is going to be nuts. It's going to be a, just a straight Mexican war, right? And I do think there's going to be plenty of back and forth. It's going to be a fun fight. Now, you know, Navarrete, Navarrete, he has the reach, as we know. He's got long-ass arms. For that weight class, and really all the weight classes he's been in, what, 122, 26, and now 30, he's got to – I mean, what's his reach? I should look it up. It's in, I think it's like 71 or 72, something like that. Okay, someone just messaged me. 72, there you go. So, yeah, I mean – if he ever decided one day to take advantage of his reach the whole fight, which has he shown flashes of doing that at times, being in the middle of the ring? I mean, here and there, but um, his thing, he's coming at you. It's awkward angles, and it's looping punches. It's changing a punch midair, mid-throw, mid-air. Well, I guess it's in air, and landing some funky ass. He's got power. He's a fun fighter to watch. I mean, some of these uppercuts come from across the ring, 
Um, and as he's kind of came up, right, even even before Dogbo and after, there's just things that he does in the ring where you're like, dude, someone's going to make him pay for that. Like, what the hell, dude, you know? Like, th- there's no way he should be throwing a punch like that, you know? And, and, and so it's easy to kind of say that. He has been on a nice run, though. I mean, he only has that one loss, and that is like, it's over a decade ago, I'm pretty sure. Um, so this is a big step up for him, though. And it's he's, he's a slight underdog. God, this group text is just killing me right now. Just stop. Ugh. Sorry, um, it is a, like it's it's close. I mean, he's uh, let me look real quick. I'm on ProBoxingOdds.com, which I do think is you know the best website because they put it all together. Dude, this group chat. So um, Emmanuel is the highest I see is plus one forty. Otherwise, one thirty six, one thirty eight, plus one thirty five. Um, Plus one twenty-five, so it, it's it's about as fifty-fifty as it gets in boxing. Anytime you're like a plus, honestly, anytime you're below a plus two hundred, that's a close-ass fight in boxing. For those who keep track of it like that, you know what I mean. Um, so, and I think it'll play out like that. I think it's a very competitive fight. I just, and I think we're gonna see both guys buzz, both guys hurt. If they hit the canvas, both of them, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but Oscar Valdez has enough amateur pedigree to be usually in these, in these brawls, it's the, it's the boxer who like jabs a little bit more to set up his stuff. It's the guy who, you know, looks to counter here and there looks to, you know, it's really slight stuff. Now he'll, he'll employ like a high guard will Oscar. Right. And, you know, being that he's smaller, he definitely needs to attack the body. He's a great body puncher when he wants to be. And I just think that he can counter punch. You know, a lot of people thought Burchelt would do this, that, and the third to him. And we saw how that went. You know what I mean? And I'm not and I'm not saying it's just going to be like that. Like, oh, it's just a matter of time he's going to knock him out. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that for sure. Um and that was shit that was already like two years ago, wasn't it? It was over two years ago um, where he just knocked him the F out. That was nasty. Um, basically, I think you'll see a guy in Beldez that'll circle a little bit. I'm not going to sit there and say he's going to be pivoting and doing all this fancy footwork, right? He's not going to all of a sudden turn to Lomachenko, but I think Navarrete's style you know, allows him to probably get a little bit of a lead because of the, you know, he throws a lot of punches and he's trying to get it in, right? But I think Valdez, if he uses his pedigree that he has that we've seen in multiple fights where he can he can use his jab, like I said, attack the body um, and, and employ that high guard so you're not taking so many shots, Um and kind of stay tight, have the short punches on the inside. And and if you are on the inside, it's almost like he's got to be all the way inside, head in the chest, work at the body, shoe shine him if you have to. But I, I just think you'll see Valdez slowly but surely land the bigger punches, be able to time him. I'm not 
saying it's going to be what Crawford <laughs> can do. But he has shown the ability to, to counterpunch. He has shown the ability to circle his opponent and, and fight a little bit more responsible. Like I said, whether it's a jab or whether it's just a, just using fundamentals a little more than your opponent in these type of it's going to be a brawl type fights. Like think of uh, Provoknikov against Matias. You know how he stepped back a little bit. He, he used his footwork a little bit. Still back and forth, still fun as shit to watch, but it was just those minor things that usually win these fights. And like I said, I wouldn't doubt if both of them hit the canvas. I mean, for a spectating, you know, Simon, I hope. You know what I mean? I definitely hope. Dude, this shit's out of control. What are we doing? What are we doing? This shit is so wild, dude. What is going on? Oh, my God. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I would get these messages from looking at this damn group text. It's just, this shit's out of control now. All right. So I'm going to say, and I, and I actually, I don't think he'll stop him, but I think he'll, he'll drop him for sure. He'll hurt him. But I, I think that, I don't think he'll stop him. I mean, unless it is obviously a one-hitter quitter or something like that on the counter. And it's there to be had, don't get me wrong. But I think he'll, I think he'll hurt him enough, score a knockdown, maybe two, and Valdez will win. I think he's just a, a little bit sharper of a fighter. Just those little bit of fundamentals that he'll need um, in this fight. Um, This is just wild. Sorry. Sorry. So, I have him winning by unanimous decision. I think um, the first half of the fight, it probably, I don't even know, maybe into the eighth or tenth round, Navarrete is going to have some success, no doubt, within a round, and he may get knocked down or hurt, you know, that type of thing. And, and I, I just think Valdez will beat him. I think Valdez will beat him. We do have, like, Delgado on, on the undercard, um, who's an unbeaten uh, prospect. He fought, I think, two fights ago. Last summer, he fought uh, Omar Aguilera. Uh, I think he fought, what was it, Clarence Booth or something? Maybe I'm wrong with that. But he's fighting uh, Balaterra. Um, he should win. Richard Torres Jr. is on the undercard. There's not a lot of Emiliano, um, Emiliano uh, Vargas is on the card. There's not much on the card to be super excited about. But, you know, when you have this kind of main event, it is what it is. I believe it's a lead-in. The, the lead-in is actually is actually a USC prelims. I think that that's what it is. So um, I don't really – can't really find anything that competitive on the other card per se. Um, so yeah, I got I have Oscar Valdez. Now it's a fair point. People saying he hasn't looked as quote unquote powerful after that Conseco Conseco um, Conseso is that what it is Conseso um, after that him getting busted with that and that's fair. But you know is Wilson known as a huge puncher? 
the guy who uh, Emmanuel just fought? Is he known as a big, big puncher? So yeah, but I, you know, I think it's, I think it's fair, especially like at a plus one forty. I think it's fair um, to put a little money, you know, on Navarrete. I think, I think that's a decent bet. Um, dude, what the fuck, man? Okay, sorry. So, um, as far as like the the better card, as far as just interesting names or whatever, there there are some on here. Um, I'm talking about the Showtime card. Uh, Gary Antoine Russell is back, thank God, uh, against Ted Cruz. Um, you know this guy. It's it's not a great fight for him. I'll say that. Um, you know, he, uh, I think he fought on the, I know he fought on the, the Thurman Barrios. I think he fought on the Thurman Barrios and then he definitely fought here. Um, I think they closed the year, if I remember correctly. And it was like both of them, he has like three draws, something like that. Um, so there, there's not much in this fight, you know what I mean? Um, like I said, it's just nice to see Antoine Russell back because I think he does have potential. Marcus Brown and Adrian Taylor, that that threw me the F off. Uh, you know, in his last fight, Taylor beat uh, a Pochi. Is it a Pochi? That was a good win from him. Um, but, yeah, I don't – you know, I don't, I don't know what what uh, what Brown has left. He hasn't fought since he got knocked out. You know, like almost two years ago by Peter Biev. Um, so it is what it is. There, uh, Michael Angeletti in Jonathan Lopez Marcano or is it Marsano? That is that's interesting. That that could be interesting. That there might be something there. Um, but I, I don't really, you know, I think it's just a pro- – this one's kind of like prospect heavy. Out of nowhere, Jesse – like there's names on this card like Jose Benavides Jr. What? You know? Um, Jesse Hart is popping up there, which tells me these two probably have some fights coming up, and they're just trying to get them out, you know, get them out there. But I would say, I mean, Emmanuel Rodriguez and Melvin Lopez, um, that's the main event. Um, this is just driving me crazy. I'm so sorry. Now I'm getting now someone's messaging me like like I'm part of it. Um. Okay, so you know, Melvin Lopez got a shiny record, right? Um, how many good wins does he really have? Uh, he just really doesn't have many. He, he just doesn't have many, you know. He, he, that's just the bottom line. He just doesn't have many at all. Uh, even in his last fight, I remember I was watching a little tape on that. I think it was a split decision, wasn't it? Um, and I think it was. I think it was the Pro Box card, if I remember correctly. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I just. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't see. I just don't see it in this one, you know. I just don't see it in this one. I think this is all um, Emmanuel Rodriguez. Um, you know, he had those back-to-back fights where 
you know, he lost it anyway quick and then had a split decision against Caballo. Um, his best win was Maloney and, and Paul Butler. Um, and then, you know, he, he did beat uh, Antonio Russell, too. I think it was there was a rematch, wasn't it? Didn't someone get hurt in that? Actually, didn't he get hurt in both of them? I think he got hurt in both of them. There was uh yeah, Rodriguez actually got hurt. It was an accidental headbutt. But the the fight I'm looking for. So there's names on here like oh him, oh him. Okay, so it to me it, it kind of reminds me of some of those Eddie Hearn cards or uh, Warren cards where they'll say the names on them, but the opponent really doesn't matter. It's a stacked card. There's six guys on here, but who? Like I like Jesse Hart. I like Russell. I like these guys, but. They're, who are they fighting, you know? Uh, Trayvon Marshall, though, is in a good fight, especially where he's at prospect-wise. He's coming off uh, a really good performance against Justin DeLoach. And he's taking on Gabriel Maestra. Maestra is the dude who got a gift decision a while back uh, against Fox here in the, you know, in the, in the city, in Minneapolis. He did have a draw with that... Uh, I think it was like, let me see, Shella Stankyok or whatever. I can't remember his name. That was a close fight. but um, And then he beat Alexander really easy, but that was Devin Alexander. You know what I mean? But this Gabriel, you know, he has an amateur pedigree. For Trayvon Marshall, I, I like this fight. I think this is a good matchup. I don't see anything wrong with this one. That's actually the fight I'm looking forward to because, you know, neither of them have a lot of fights. They're both under well, what what I think one's eight no or seven and oh one's five and oh so um to me it's an interesting fight. You know, I think I really want to see where Marshall is. Uh, you know, going against a guy like that who's at least been in the ring um with some good fighters. Um much higher, you know, level than, than what he's been in. Um I mean Deloach was pretty good, but um so I guess if you looked at like FanDuel has a plus five twenty. Could you look at that and take a waiver out on him? I mean, okay, maybe. You could do that if you wanted to. Um, but, no, I, I think I think Marshall wins. And, honestly, I, I'm really just – I'm hoping for good-ass rounds. You know, this is the one thing he went – I think he's been six rounds once, if I remember correctly, because that was at the Armory as well. Um, I think that was – Two summers ago. Yeah, two summers ago. So that's my biggest thing. It's the scheduled 10-rounder. I'm hoping it at least goes another six. But anywhere from six to ten, maybe it'll go the distance. That would be great for him, too. Now I have Marshall winning, but I do like that fight. I think that's a pretty good fight. I do like that fight. And then uh, Roger Gutierrez and Otar, um, what is it, Erasanian, that's um, that's an interesting fight. That's going to be tonight on Pro Box, so look out for that one. And is Blake Wells and Sing Sing on that card? I think that that's that is one of the closest. Uh, I think that's on the card. That's one of the closest match fights. So I do like those fights. I, I think um, I don't see Gutierrez winning. But I think that's a good fight. That that's a pretty good fight, dude. 
Oh my God, this is. I'm sorry, guys. Usually I don't let this stuff bug me that much, but oh crap, this is just this is just a whole different level of what the fuck. Okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I got the favorites winning. Like I said, I, the biggest one I'm looking for is is that Marshall fight. I, I'm high on the kid. Uh, he looks the part. He's a damn good fighter. I, I like what I see out of that kid. I definitely do. Um, all right, so let's get into some uh, fight news and all that good stuff. And by the way, isn't that a – someone said it's for a WBA title eliminator tonight. Um, that Iranosian. I think it's Iranosian. That, that, that's a good fight. I like that fight. I'm definitely going to watch that when I get home later tonight. Um, that sounds good to me. The uh, Opetia, I think it's Opetia, J- Jaya o- o- Opetia. Anyway, they fought. He fought uh, Bridges. Bridges. Uh, I think that was for his. Was it the IBF cruiserweight? Something like that. So that's been called. The rematch has been called. It's been ordered by the IBF, and we know how the IBF generally does it not all the time but generally they have till september 8th to reach a deal otherwise it's purse bid time that's that's what it's looking like um let's see here so we have had okay so jim Cross boxing good follow on twitter he says plus 500 on Valdez ko is a juicy number. We saw Liam Wilson hurt Navarrete. Uh, you know, Valdez is certainly capable of it, and the fight itself sets up to be a violent one. So, you know, it, it, it puts it in the realm to get knocked out. He said he's got money on the Valdez on the money, or money on the money line and sprinkling on the KO. I think that's a good bet. I like that. I think that's a good bet. Um, the chosen one was saying the only thing about Valdez, and that's what other people have been saying too, he hasn't looked the same as a knockout puncher since the PED thing, all UDs. Um, but the decision is plus 120. So that's what uh, Jim says to you know, was talking about too. So I'm not, I wouldn't just put money on the knockout and that's it. Um, speaking of, Jake Donovan, um, reported that Matchroom secured the promotional rights for Rocky Hernandez and Shockey Foster. They won it for 460, four and a bunch of six, 466, 666, 666. Okay, sorry, I didn't get all the devil on there. But they won it. Um, that's a good fight. I'm kind of interested in that fight. Um, what else we got here? So, well, let's talk about the Haney and pro-grade stuff. Haney said, you know, I, I signed the con- He came out with a video. Or not Haney, I'm sorry. Pro-grade came out with a video saying, you know, they're trying to jam me. They're trying to, you know, switch the dates. We had a date ready. Uh, we signed the con- I've signed my contract. They haven't signed it. Clearly, the money was all of a sudden okay for them. You know, or not all of a sudden, but clearly uh, Eddie and Matchroom up up the money to be able to, you know, have ProGrade to take that fight, because remember, that was the, the issue before, he said. Um, and he basically was like, hey, man, now they're trying to get out of the fight, yada, 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 right? Um, 
saying they're basically it's an excuse, you know. Um, you're you're ducking me. They're trying to get out of the fight. That's that's what he said. He put out a video saying, you know, this, that, and the third about it, right? And saying, you know, why are you changing the date? We already agreed to the date. And um, Haney, you know, Haney basically said this dumb bleep want to fight the same day as Tyson Fury, but swear, but swear he knows, uh, you know, so much about the business. So basically, they want to change the date. Um, because, you know, head up against the Fury fight. And ESPN would, you know, well, I don't know. DAZN probably wouldn't, I mean, they're not going to promote that fight that well anyway, as far as any kind of mainstream stuff, you know, coverage or whatever. But to put it on at the same time, I understand that. You know what I mean? I do get that. Um, it would be late October, and I thought that program couldn't, couldn't fight then because he said he was going out of the country. But um, so yeah, um, and basically on the boxing boy, shouts out to Ness, um, Devin or Bill Haney were on, was on there saying uh, it's a one fight deal. There's no rematch clause when it comes to Haney and Regis. Um, and he said they never that Tank's team never sent an offer or reached out to them for a fight. Now we've heard reports where multiple reports that they did reach out to him. It was just like a parameter type thing. I never really thought the fight would happen next, to be honest with you. Some people are saying, well, this is hold up. You know, this is getting held up now because, you know, Haney's still trying to make the tank fight. I just, I don't see that happening. You know, I don't see that happening. Um, But we'll see, you know. Um, Showtime would have to really like they got they got some fights coming up here in the fall and, and to close the year that some of these fights are going to have to go into the first quarter, you know, because Gervonta still wants they're trying to get him to fight one more time or he wants to fight one more time this year and that may have to be pushed to January. You never know. So um, it is what it is. I really don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes, but. I can't sit there and say it's a duck because, like, what would it matter if you change the date now? Now, if you change the date four months from now or something, sure, that would be – then Progray has a right to be like, what are we doing? What are you talking about? But changing the date so you don't go head up on that, I don't think that's really a big deal. I don't really think that's a big deal. Now, you could say, well, you know, the fight's happening during the day in the States, the Tyson Fury fight, because it's in Saudi, right? So – in the Middle East, so I guess there's that, but it just, you know, it would get drowned it out. It totally would. I mean, it's not going to do that well as it is, but it, you know, I think it has a chance to do decent at the gate. Kind of matters where they put it. Um, I, I think it'll do good at the, good at the gate, not just decent. I, I think it'll do. I'm not saying it's going to do a two or three million dollar gate per se, but coming off that healthy gate he had with Loma, I think he could, I think they could sell some tickets, uh, relatively speaking. Now, uh, Beaker Biev, sorry, in uh, Smith has been rescheduled. There was an injury to the jaw uh, of uh, Beterbiev. January 13th on ESPN, that is a reschedule, but it does sound like he was really, really, you know, he actually was kind of messed up. So, Sounds like it was a jaw-type thing. 
someone sent me this. There's professional pillow fighting on ESPN right now. Yeah, <laughs> imagine if Showtime Boxing did did that. They'd be like Showtime. Oh my God. Now it's not ESPN Boxing, but it's ESPN, right? Um, here's a funny thing. This is seconds out. David Hay. He said he got a call from Derek Jasora about a week ago, telling me. Uh, the exact thing what happened. Derek told me that Dillian's going to fail for drug test. He's telling me he's fighting AJ a week ago. Derek's been training for that fight. That's that's kind of interesting. That's really interesting. I, I, I don't know. Um, there was a knockout. This is Warrior Boxing. I saw this too. The uh, Umara. I think it's Umara. Uh, he had a nasty, I think it was a, a right uppercut, something like that. Actually, let me see the one of the most vicious right-hand uppercuts. Yep. Keep an eye on him. Yeah, he did get a good knockout. I saw that. Um, so Terrence Crawford, like I said, credit to him. He's been, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, promote him and this, that, and the third. It's like, dude, he's been, he's been getting promoted like crazy after this fight. So they clearly had whoever was going to win was going to go on all these shows. <laughs> they They had all these, things booked and I'm not saying it's just showtime or whatever but he credit to him just in general Crawford uh he did say a couple of things right Crawford this is TMZ sports he said uh you know he it's likely that he'll retire from boxing soon um about about to be 36 so um I don't see myself continuing to box very much longer I've been doing it for a long time I've always said I'm going to retire from boxing before I let boxing retire uh me which that's more than cool, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, he also said that he, this is what he said on Hot 97, I respect the hell out of Errol. This was never personal. I think the fans picking sides tried to make it personal, divide and conquer two fighters going for the same goal. I never had any hatred towards him. Um, and this is what he said on that uh, epilogue for Showtime. If it wasn't for you, this would never have happened. So I appreciate you. You're a hell of a fighter. You already know that. I appreciate this opportunity. That's what he said. Uh, you know, that's what Crawford said. So, yeah, he, he's definitely, you know, he also said on Hot 97, uh, you know, about the boots and his fight. At this point, uh, you know, in time, I'm looking for bigger and better opportunities like Jermel Charlo. And that's what he said. I want to go to the Charlo fight. That's what he said. That's exactly what he said. So, and I can't really, you know, can't really rip him for that or something like that. You know, I, I think that'd be pretty silly to, to rip him. Um, you know, and, and Charlo, Charlo said after Canelo, I'm going to fight you. Um, now, will he go back to 54? Uh, I think that's debatable. I think that's debatable. Um, I don't know, man. You know, I, I don't think he will personally. I think there'll be enough uh, decent opportunities, if not a pretty good fight like they could do the Barclays if Arislandi Lara and Danny Garcia fight. I favor Lara in that fight. So I guess, I don't know, maybe he can. I mean, I know he doesn't have a lot of problems making 54. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see him – going back to 54 and if he wins the fight at 68 first of all there's gonna there's got to be a rematch clause in there right I mean, maybe i'm wrong on that 
I could be totally wrong, but they'd probably do the rematch because that'd be the biggest money. I mean, hey, Crawford, don't get me wrong. I love this newfound celebrity, right? But he's still not as big as – sorry about that. I hate getting sick in the summer, man. Like, colds are for, like, the fall and winter, dude. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I just – I don't know if he'd go right back there. I just don't. And if he gets knocked out, let's say, then it's kind of like he just got knocked out. And I, and I wouldn't, you know, look at Charlo different or nothing, but to go right back in it, going down to 54 and then fight Terrence Crawford, it's just kind of like, eh. I don't know. You know, it's, it's a little funky. It's a little funky. But there is Tim Zoo up there that he could fight. So that might be his next fight, Crawford after the Spence rematch, if, in fact, that's going to happen, which it sounds like it's going to. But that would be good for him to go to 54 and, and test out the weight anyway. Um, and this is what I've talked about, about the reason why I wanted to see Crawford at the PBC, because there's so many damn fights for him. You know, there, there's, there's fights for him, really solid fights. So we'll have to see how the fight goes. If he puts up a respectable effort, and he makes the fight the whole way, he doesn't get knocked out, then people will be like, yeah, I want to see that fight, you know. And like I said, <laughs> I mean, there were so many highlights from Crawford Spence on the campus, and he's talking shit to Mel. I mean, Crawford did his fucking thing, dude, I'll tell you that. Crawford really had control of everything. Um, this is from Boxing Scene, IFL TV, quoted um, – Hearn was put on notice by White's legal team. He's unable to disclose the information contained in Bada's report on White, including the names of the substance. Uh, he says, I can't tell you, uh, you know, the details. I've been put on notice by his legal team. Uh, it's not fair of me to come out and start giving you information that I don't know enough about that might jeopardize this very important moment that's coming up for him. He said that about Dillian White. However, Hearn has given praise to Bada for testing system, which flagged the performance uh, drug. A good thing here is that the testing that we've paid for here above and beyond British, above and beyond British boxing board of control testing has found that a fighter uh, about to enter a bout as a performance enhancing drug, uh, which, which is a good thing. He, he said, we're gutted, disappointed that it happened, but he said, but here's another thing though. Then he said, you know, he's talked about he's not a licensed fighter, though. And even Hearn is unsure about the exact process of White to prove his innocence. So he said, Dillian White is not licensed by the British Board of Control. So what happens now? He has to clear his name, but at the same time, he can't effectively uh, – he can't be effectively banned or have his license suspended or removed from the British Boxing Board of Control because he's not licensed there. Does that make sense? He needs to clear his name. He'll do. He'll he'll want to do that. So I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's just a bunch of stuff. Some, somebody sending me some other information on that, but uh, it's kind of there. Yeah, we already kind of hit that. Uh, we have some other fight news here. Um, oh, Stephen Fulton said that he's you know he made it clear he's going to featherweight. He wants to pick up a belt and then seek the rematch with, you know, any way at, at that weight, um, you know. Uh, Book Williams also said we get some clarity 
you had a tweet here. We get clarity at 118. Not only is uh, Rodriguez and Lopez fighting for the vacant IBF, that uh, Nishida and Jimenez is fighting the IBF final eliminator. So that'll probably be the next fight you'd assume. A lot of times when it's a vacant thing like that. By the way, this is more Jim Cross. Good news for Canadian fight fans. Uh, Navarrete... Navarrete and Valdez will be, main card will be shown live on TSN3. No apps, no subscription costs, no BS pirate streams needed. Just a great fight on regular TV. That's dope. And that's why I'm glad that it's getting a nice little booster here from the lead-in, the prelims lead-in. That's, that's going to be good, too. Um, this is Tate Jones from the Wilder camp. He, he said that Wilder's fighting in January. But Crawford brought out the 50s, 60s, and 70s style. Ain't nobody mentioned forearm parries uh, and backhand parries. And that slip jab was freaking beautiful. Uh, it's a lost art nobody talks about, though. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, the crafty stuff he was doing in there was, it was really ridiculous, dude. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. Now, as far as the pay-per-view numbers, um, we first heard that it's 700,000 from a, a site that, you know, even in its <laughs> – the reason why I didn't take the number too serious was that in, their, in the article they said it's the highest number of pay-per-views uh, sold for boxing since 2015 Mayweather-Pacquiao, which we know that was ridiculous. That's just not true, you know? So it's anywhere from – 650 to 700,000, that's what it sounds like, which is a big, big number. And I think it was, what are we, what were we looking at at the gate? It was one of the bigger gates in the top 10, that's for sure. It was, uh, it was a little bit more than 21 million at the gate, which, like I said, is a major, major number. Um, it ranks, I think, it ranks six, although... Golovkin and Canelo 3 was missing on this list, and I thought that did uh, a $22 million game. So that one kind of threw me off. Was Eddie Hearn bullshitting or not? I don't know. Um, That was a little weird to me. I couldn't really figure out exactly that. You have Mayweather Pacquiao, $72.2 million. Mayweather McGregor, $55 million. Seventy-two million is like what they do at the Super Bowl for the live gate. Uh, Canelo Golovkin one was twenty-seven point one. Canelo Golovkin uh, two was twenty-three point five. I I thought it was twenty-two before the the trilo- you know the trilogy. Uh, and then you had Tank Davis and, and Ryan Garcia. That was almost twenty-three. That was twenty-two point eight. Spencer Crawford twenty-one. Mayweather Canelo twenty, and Mayweather De La Hoya nineteen. And obviously, in you know. Inflation says 2007 and some of these other dates, even 10 years ago, play into it. But um, to be the sixth one in there, and, and the, the key thing is there's no Mayweather and there's no Canelo in those two numbers. Every other top, I think it's top 10, uh, gate, or at least top eight, um, has Mayweather or Canelo in it. Whereas, you know, both David Garcia and Spencer Crawford uh, are the ones that, you know, that that basically are still in there. And they, they didn't need Mayweather or Canelo. Um, oh, Chantel Cameron and, and Katie Taylor rematch. That's going to be interesting. November 25th, 
at the Free Arena in Dublin. That was uh, a good fight, but, you know, at, at points in time, you could see Cameron was just better and bigger and whatnot. Uh, sounds like October 21st at the O2 Arena, Boatsy and Aziz and Lala, or Lala, yeah, Lala and Chamberlain. That's, that's a good card. I like that. That's on Sky Sports. Um, this comes from Las Vegas. Rumor has it federal agents have been asking questions about some prominent Las Vegas casino executives related to an illegal sports betting ring uh, involving professional athletes. That, that's not doesn't sound that crazy to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, really? No way. Here's some great news, and this is actually the fight that I wanted the whole time. David Benavides and Demetrius Andre sounds like they're going to meet later this year. That's, that's what it sounds like. There's been multiple reports about this fight. It's not announced. It's not finalized. Um, they, they just say it's going to happen. I've heard you know, I think Dan Raphael, uh, Julian Dude, multiple people have been talking about this, and it's not like I wouldn't have been pumped to watch. Um, yeah, this is what Dan Raphael says. Per sources, the fight between WBC interim super middleweight titleist David Benavides and Beatrice Andre is in the works to to headline a show uh, Showtime pay per view. Um, and I know people won't like the pay per view part, but hey, if it makes that fight, I'm I'm in because. Andre finally gets his big fight, and you can't say that, well, David Morell is green, right? You can't say Andre's green at this point, because that's the only thing about Morell is I personally would have liked, would like to see him get another fight or two uh, to just face more quality opposition before you step up all the way up to a David Benavides. So I never really thought that fight was going to happen. Um, This is the fight. By the way, 90 seconds left. We're going to go a little bit late, but not that much later. 646-381-4990. If you're listening to the browser, you want to listen to the rest of the show, 646-381-4990 is the number to call. Like I said, we're only going to go for like another 20 minutes or something like that, if if that. But, um, yeah, that's the fight. And then Benavides isn't just sitting there fighting no one. Andre is a tough style. It's an interesting-ass fight. And for him to beat Plant, beat Andre, setting himself up to say, hey, Canelo, you know, I haven't been – I've been fighting people here. You know, I've been trying to advance my career. Um, and then if he doesn't get that fight, then maybe fight David Morrell after that. You know, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I do like that fight. Um, I like that fight a lot. Um, let's see. What else have we got? Oh, some people think that Caleb Plant and Jamal Charlo are going to fight, um, whether it's off the, the little, you know, slap. And Plant came out and said that uh, – now, this is what he said. I haven't seen it on camera that uh, Maul came up and pulled his beard, and that's why he slapped him. I don't know. Maybe that's just hype. You know what I mean? That could be just hype. But um, – We'll see. Jack Catterell versus Jorge Linares, October 21st in Liverpool. If that's the main event, it's not a great main event, but I do like the fight itself. By the way, uh, Devin Haney was facing a charge of carrying a concealed weapon in a vehicle 
but the DA declined to, uh, to proceed Thursday after Haney's court appearance in L.A. The DA rejected to file charges due to insufficient evidence. So, but yeah, the, the, the car did right around 75, 80 to, to keep going on that. 75 to 80 million, something about 80 million in revenue to Spence Crawford. Um, a lot of people thought it'd do million and over. I wasn't 100% sold. I thought I had a you know, potential. I did think it would do like 700 to 800. So I guess it fell just a little short there. But anytime it's like 650 to 675 or 700, somewhere in there, um, that's a big, big number. If you times that by 85, that's still a whole lot. Um, oh, also William Zapata or Zapata will face uh, Mercito Hesta in a lightweight uh, fight September 16th, I think, in Cali. Um, okay fight, you know, uh, it's, it's whatever. Someone sent me this. So this is uh, Raphael. He says both fighters will make at least $25 million apiece. Uh, Spence was entitled to a, a slightly higher, you know, cut. I do like the Caterall Linares. I don't think that's a bad fight at all. It's just when that's the main event, I don't know. Now, Shakur, a couple things on Shakur, right? Um, there was actually talks about him and Jorge Linares. Because he has a date in October uh, to fight in his hometown, Newark, New Jersey. Um, and it probably will be for the WBC um, interim title fight. Because let's back it up. So um, basically, the WBC approved Haney um, to be able to go to 140 but still have an option to go back. So he was named to 135. So the WBC named him champion in recess, okay? So that basically comes down to like, well, um, you know, then he'll, they're basically going to say Stevenson will face the next highest ranked available contender, and that's Lomachenko. Now, will it actually be Lomachenko? Does Loma want that fight right now? Does he want to fight to get back? I don't know. You know, that's a, that's a good, I think that's a good question that we're going to find out. Um, Shakur <laughs> thinks he doesn't. Um, he actually had, didn't he just, I think he just recently, uh, yeah, he said, man, Vasily Lomachenko, I used to have a lot of respect for you, but you're just as scary as everybody else. You'd rather retire than to get with me in the ring. I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, coming off a tough fight like that, that doesn't shock me that he wouldn't go right to that fight. Um, you know, there is other guys in line that he would be called for. Now, if they can make that fight, that's where it gets a little, that's where it gets a little, little funky, a little dicey, let's say. Um, because, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I just don't know if the fight's, you know, like that would be made, to be honest with you, because you have uh, Isak Cruz, but he may be trying to line himself up for that IBF. If he doesn't fight, which I still think he'll fight, um, I think it'll be Isak Cruz, you know, against Cervante next. That's what I think they'll do. This is the time to strike on that fight. I know a lot of people hate it. I understand why people don't like it, but that this is the time to strike because you don't want to get Isak Cruz beat. But I'll say this, did offer Isak Cruz the Frank Martin fight. 
So it's clearly, it's not the PBC or Showtime. It is clearly his team, you know, that that's in him, but his team too that are trying to just align themselves for the rematch. Like I said, I, that makes sense. That, that thing does numbers. Uh, but the, it comes down to, so if Loma does turn it down, Lomachenko, then Isak Cruz, William Zapata, and Frank Martin, as far as how it's ranked right now, that would be what it is. So whether you're looking forward to that or not, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah. Now, Pro Gray, you know, he called Haney a duck for trying to change the date and all that. I don't agree with that. I think that's kind of funky, to be honest with you, because, like, I don't know. I'm like, why, why would it matter if he changed the date a little bit? Like I said, if he's going to change it to March or something like that, well, then, then Pro Gray would have plenty of things to say. But he's kind of just coming from this angle because – a few days back, a little while back, there's this article of his quotes on boxing scene on Haney. This is what Regis Progress is saying. He's saying he's trying to have a protection plan. If you come up to fight me um, at 140, you stay at 140. It's like, what? That just doesn't make any sense. He said it's bullshit. You can keep his belts. Mauricio Solomon should strip him. He can't keep his belts. Let someone else fight for him. He's trying to have a protection plan. He's trying to come up to 140, see if he can fight me, see if he can get the belt, which he's not going to. I'm going to knock him the F out, blah, 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 and then be able to come back and say, I'm undisputed. I'm going back to 35. But um, he says, have confidence in yourself. You can have a cushion at 135 and say, oh, I'm still undisputed. But, you know, I don't know. He goes on to say, you know, I've signed my side of the deal. He needs to, you know, sign his. But – I, you know, look at the fights there. I mean, potentially a fight with Shakur, Gervonta, like, of course he should try to do this. Like, why why wouldn't you petition the WBC to see if they did it and they allowed him to be the champion of recess, and now Shakur is going to get a chance to fight for a belt. So I don't see a problem with that at all. And it's not like he'd go back and stay at 35 for a long time. I don't think because, you know, we know he, Haney has problems. So, I think it's a smart business move. And Progray, if he was undisputed at 35 and there was an opportunity, uh, I think he'd do the same thing. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Uh, I think Progray is kind of tripping on that one. Um, as far as Garrett Davies, a source says that Eubank Jr. revealed to him that Bomack um, is going to be his new trainer for the for the rematch with Liam Smith. He's not going to be with... Uh, with uh, Roy Jones anymore. So, shots out to Bo Mack. Also, um, Mike Conlon, this is him talking to A-Town News uh, about his promotional situation. I was out of my contract before last fight. We did a one fight on our on our terms with an option for the next fight, but I don't know if I'm going to stay there or want to stay there. So, we'll see where that goes. Um also, this is Coppinger. The IBF ordered an August 15th uh, purse bid for uh, Matias and Ergashev, uh title battle. So, obviously, like I said, Sergey Lipidev is probably like, damn, that sucks, you know. But uh, I like that fight. That's a good fight, and we'll see who wins the, the purse bid on that. That's, that is a good fight, though. Um, 
So someone sent me this Boxing World Weekly. Devin Haney won't fight Floyd Schofield. There's a full interview. This Schofield and his dad, these guys, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I don't know. This is Andre uh, 20s. If Spence Crawford uh, didn't have to fight the same night as UFC, oh, they didn't have to fight the night, same night as UFC, uh, if they didn't have to do that, they would have killed the Tank Ryan pay-per-views. I disagree with that, but I do think that he makes a point, you know, as far as it could have done a little better, you know, off of that. So that makes sense, that part. Okay, so Shakur Stevenson has been – doing the rounds on boxing Twitter, right, the interviews and whatnot. And, and nowadays, I think us old heads and people that have been following the sport for a long time, right, the purists or whatever you want to call them, um, it, it does take some adjustment to know, the, you know how prevalent social media is nowadays and what fighters do on social media to keep their name in the public, right? So, and even here on the show, we, we've had to adjust that, too. Shit, we got a boxing Twitter segment, right? Um, and, I, and I get it. You know, the whole, like, outwardly negotiating fights on Twitter really doesn't have a good success rate, you know? And a lot of times, it's just bullshit. Now, if you go back and forth and say, hey, I'm going to fight this dude. When you're done with your fight, let's fight or something. That's different, you know? So... To an extent, you know, us old heads just have to realize this is how it is now, you know? And so it's just like, just, just tur- you know, turn your Twitter off then. Like, don't get on there as much. There's times where I don't go on as much, you know, where I just kind of shut it down. But he has been, he's been doing a bunch, like, so the Twitter stuff is one thing, right? That's really not that big of a deal. But this complaint that he wasn't in the all-access uh, epilogue for the Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence fight. See, on the thumbnail for the video, they had Shakur and Terrence Crawford hugging when Crawford went in the back, because they're close, obviously. And they were, like, hugging it out, right, in, in, in his locker room, right? So it was, it was like, in a, you know, in a, a great little scene, whatever. But he was mad that he didn't get in the all-access. Like, they, they're really worried about, you know, the other side of the street. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? You know, like, you got in the thumbnail. He's mad because he was in the thumbnail, but he wasn't in the video? Like, it just, that's where you lose me. And this is MBO. Maddie says, if Shakur Stevenson wanted to be on all-access, tell him to fight Tank. Well, you know, I notice he hasn't made many, you know, they haven't been talking about him. But either way, and I'm not saying that that could go both ways. But, you know, that's a fight that you go out in the future with. But, yeah, he said, um, he's basically just saying, like, so this Chris versus the world, he said, crazy. He said, crazy that Showtime all Access epilogue showed every person in the world except Keyshawn Davis and Shakur Stevenson. But they got... They got Keyshawn or Shakur in the thumbnail. Uh, they're really on that other side of the street shit. And it's like, dude, how many times have you seen ESPN or DAZN, but especially we're talking about ESPN 
promote PBC fighters. Like, what's this have to do with anything? Like, it's just so weird to do this. Um, and Espinoza was saying both Thurman and Ugas were at the fight. Neither one of them made it in there. Uh, you know, so much for the other side conspiracy thing. He said, come on now, don't defend yourself on this, my guy. You know what's going you know what's going on. Stop the internet cap. And it just, it's such a weird thing. He said, you, you're really out here complaining that you don't appear in a show about someone else's fight? Sorry to disappoint you, but it's not all access to Shakur Stevenson, my guy. And I, and I agree. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, and Raging Babe said, let's, let's say Boots was a, you know, a, a major part of Spence's camp life. Right, um, and they had an embrace. I'm sure that would have been featured throughout and after. It is what it is, not the end of the world. And he said, like we showed Frank Martin, and Frank Martin has been pretty big deal in the camp of, uh, you know, in, in a, obviously Spence, and Spence is his promoter. But they didn't show him and Frank Martin. Like it's just weird. It's just weird to be like, I don't know. It's so weird that this is this is, but these are the same people that'll be like, oh, don't worry about the promotional stuff. Let's just enjoy the fights. But then they bring this shit up. It's like, dude, what? And actually, he got petty about this, and so Showtime got petty too. They took him off the thumbnail. To me, I think that's so stupid, dude. Like, I don't know. And then if if they're so, because everyone's saying, oh, PBC is, you know, and Showtime are just struggling now i'm sure they're going to say they're going to go out of business here soon but they're struggling and they got to be so mad that spence lost and then all of a sudden like there has been some you know like the cbs stuff and you know like i don't know it just it's just weird dude shakur said about haney he said bill should shut up i got a video that would expose him and show everything he's saying is cap to me, though, to complain about that shit is just, it's wild, dude. It's really wild to sit there and be like, why wasn't I in this, you know? So Mayweather came out uh, on a Fight Hype video, and we'll just cover this real quick because someone was saying I was ducking it. He talked about Crawford's fight. If I was training Spence, or the Crawford Spence, if I was training Spence or I was in his corner, I don't think he should be fighting at 47 at all. I don't think he should be fighting at 54. I think he should move to 60 or 68. I think 54 would be fine. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, Haney, and Shakur. Devin made Shakur a 75-25 offer. Just because top rank made you go to Australia twice, which is not right, you need to be upset with the promoter. Shakur should be treated fair, just like Devin should have been. I mean, he's got his point. The 25%, it is what it is. I don't really think that uh, that fight was going to get made at 75-25. You know, um, he said this about anyway, even though he got the victory over uh, Fulton, Fulton is not a heavy puncher. Donaire was giving him fits in the first fight. If I'm not mistake, mistaken, Donaire was close to 40, so he should have knocked him out in the first fight, which is bullshit. Uh, what I need to know anyway to do, or what I need anyway to do is come here in the U.S., random blood and urine test. I think he's a hell of a fighter. He takes a lot of stuff from my playbook, but it's okay. You're supposed to take from the greats. I would like to see him fight a Gervonta Davis catchway fight. Um, the whole thing is he's got to come here and start testing. I think that's that's silly. You know what I mean? And I, 
and a lot of these old fighters, <clears throat> you know, will start to hate on guys that are making noise. Um, and I, I'm not saying he's taken away from Crawford all the way, but to say he should be at 60 or 68, I, I, I don't, I don't know about all that. You know what I mean? I think that's 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 kind of messed up. Paul Magno, it's about a year. Oh, in about a year's time, the zone went from no pay per view to some pay per view to mostly pay per view to pay per view through a second secondary provider. Um, are you the zone media affiliate still making money from shilling? Yeah, no shit. I remember that. Um, oh yeah, Tellez, the dude who just lit up Garcia, uh, Ron, good old matchmaker Ron. He said that there's an injury. Because he was supposed to fight in a few weeks, and uh, it, it sounds like he picked up an injury, which is too bad, because, uh, man, he put on a hell of a performance. This is Fred. Pretty wild that people are now mad at Showtime for not promoting top-ranked fighters. Where's all the heat when ESPN uh, buries boxing behind pickleball tournaments? <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um Look at the PBC. This is Rye Des. Uh, this is Rye. Look at PBC record versus top-ranked fighters. Pro- proudly brought to you by the same crowd saying you shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't be fans of boxing promoters. Be a fan of the sport. Yeah, that's the funny thing about all this stuff. Uh, this is Vic. Shouts out to Vic. While people were crying about Shakur in a YouTube thumbnail, uh, Showtime got Crawford on CBS Morning Show. Wrong side of the street, though. <laughs> Uh, this is Jay Bro. You know what? What was the real? Oh, you know what the real media propaganda and how it shows they are in for a, the take. Oh, they're in on the take or have different agendas. They tried to sell you Loma and Triple G as the best bo- best boxers on the planet. While Inouye Crawford were walking around leaving trails of bodies across multiple divisions. Yes, that is a great point. That is a great point. Um. This is Raging Babe. I'd rather, I think after the performance and all the media and all the momentum, that I think after the performance and all the media, that they'd want Crawford to fight sooner than later. Waiting 12 to 18 months would be a huge disservice. Uh, 18 months? I mean, you really think it's going to be 18 months? Interesting. Um, That's about it. Um. This is Ashy Knuckles. Shout out to Ashy. Joshua. Bro, EJ said Bud only had talent and not solid fundamentals. And Bud showed him talent and solid fundamentals on the fight night and then proceeded to disarm EJ, removing the strength behind his fundamentals by taking EJ's jab away. Legendary stuff. Yeah, no shit. It was legendary. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. That about wraps it up. Enjoy the fights this weekend. We'll be back next week. Um, like I said, that I'm really looking forward to that uh, Navarrete and Valdez uh, fight. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Um, I'll be back next Tuesday for sure, if not Monday. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel...
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.